0: I'm Dan Kurtzky. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Lance Aguilar.
1: And this is the Lantern Cast.
2: Episode 161. Are you sure? Yes.
1: Okay. Just uh, I'm
2: I'm just, go- just checking. Don't you, you, you check yourself. Okay. Before
0: you wreck yourself.
1: Before you
2: wreck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Before you wreck yourself.
2: You just got burned in front of company.
3: <laughs> in stereo. <laughs> In in
2: Texas Stereo. Yes. Chad, int- introduce your neighbor to everybody. Yes.
3: I forgot his title. <laughs> Was I supposed to remember that? <laughs> no. Oh, okay.
0: As long as Lance remembers, that's
3: basically all that matters. Okay.
0: And I conveniently do remember my title.
3: So. Well, Lance has been on the show before, and if uh, people listen before, they know who he is. And if not, that's their problem. <laughs> How's that for an introduction?
2: <laughs> Thanks, Chad.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're... <laughs> This is why they
0: we need you hell. They know, that they need to know about me. <laughs> Lance listens
3: to the Lantern Cast while he works out. Um, he re-listens to episodes with him in it. <laughs> 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 uh, me too. What else? <laughs> no, no, seriously, I don't.
0: <laughs> <Ever>. <laughs> um, the only episode I have re-listened to has been the one where y'all talked about Alan Scott. So,
3: booyah. Yeah. Because you left a voicemail. (laughs) I did.
0: Oh, yeah, that was me. Hey. All
2: right, so Lance is one of our narcissistic listeners, and he's, he, 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 you're you're here because you came to us with a topic
0: idea. Yes. Um, okay. With. what is going on, legally, as far as marriage equality? Um, between the months of March and June, we are waiting for the Supreme Court's decision on marriage equality. So in honor of that, um, I thought it would be a great idea to come together, put up a an episode about uh, sort of LGBTQIA presence in comics, and specifically Green Lantern. Um, The alphabet that I listed is um, basically it lists everyone who's in this community of people. Um, So it goes lesbian, gay, bisexual, uh, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, um, asexual, and allies. Because even people who are not in the community do face stigma um, for standing up for our rights. And so we open... Our arms to them and say, "Please join us, and we will all work together."
2: Um, you spend a good deal of time talking about this subject with people, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm the president of Counselors for Social Justice in um, at Texas State University. Um, we are one of the few, if not the only, student-led chapter. Um, there is a Texas one, and then there's the Texas State University chapter um so that's it's really exciting we're we're um we put on events to talk about things um like heterocentricity, centricity which is the idea that the heterosexual person's uh world is the only one that's right or uh, we talk about racism sexism misogyny that type of thing um but we do it in in a way that's not what you would typically think. That is like condemning. Um, it's definitely along the lines of listen to these people, um, listen to uh, everyone's story, give everyone that right to speak. You know what I mean? It's it's very respect oriented, very discussion oriented. Um, it's really cool. I I bit and I haven't I haven't let go since a year now. I became president.
2: Oh, nice. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I'm not just a member.
0: I'm also the president.
2: Are you going to make us call you Mr. President for the next two hours?
0: I (laughs) never, ever (laughs) want you to do that. (laughs) I'm blushing right now.
1: (laughs) El Presidente Aguilar.
0: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Presidente is his middle name. Yes. Yeah. No, Lance is my middle name actually.
2: What the hell's your first name?
0: Lance. Lance. <laughs> Lance, Lance? <laughs> yes, my name is Lance, Lance Aguilar.
2: <laughs> I feel betrayed. <laughs> uh, I I I imagine some people are listening to this right now and thinking, like, how why is why on a Green Lantern show? Like, what what where the hell did this come from? But like I mean, this it's something that's become like as time goes by, it gets seems to get more and more prevalent in Green Lantern. Like we we like at first we just had like Obsidian, Alan Scott's son, who was who was gay, and then we had <clears throat> we had uh moved from that to Terry Berg, and from Terry Berg to to Alan Scott himself in the New Fifty Two, all of which we will get around to in this episode, but. Why don't we start with the, the until, until recently, most prominent example of, of this, I, I don't even know what to call it, of this entire subject in Green Lantern, which was the character of Terry Bird, which we've touched on before, but I feel like we're going to have, a I think, a much different conversation about it this time around.
0: <laughs> Definitely, I would say. Yeah. And when I'm talking about it, I just call it the community because the letters can be really intimidating, especially yeah. when you're listing yeah. them out. Yeah.
2: Um, I'll be honest. As as soon as I get past, like, T, I start yeah. like, wait, is there, I think there's a Q. Mm hmm. Z? No, there's no Z. <laughs> well,
1: there's an A, but the A acts twice.
0: Yes. Oh. Yeah. Um, and so does the Q. Yes. There's, uh, double...
1: there's no, you.
2: <laughs> there's nope. Jim. There's a U in all of these. That's what we're going to come to learn today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's now, good. That's good. Okay. Um, yeah. Also, people can. Uh, there's a new trend of people calling it uh, GSD, and that's uh, gender and sexually diverse people. Um, but it's still it's still catching ground and it's still like figuring itself out. So I don't usually use that, but you may hear it come out. Um, and so just so you know, yeah, the more you know. So,
4: I like
0: that. GSD. Yeah. yeah. They it's it's deliberately so that people do not have to be intimidated by this gigantic thing. You know, it's, yeah. it's three letters. Um, but you know, especially the the romantically diverse people who are um, long story short, they are people who um, are romantically attracted to um, people, and that is not identified by their sexual attraction. So if someone is say bisexual and only romantically attracted to men, they would be either homo romantic, hetero romantic, something like that, instead of sexual. Little well, bit
1: so many so many new terms to learn yeah uh, okay you know let's let's uh, let's go to the comics
2: okay yeah now uh, Terry Berg right just so everybody's on the same page what's what are everybody's feelings in general about Terry Berg you know like you read his story you walked away from it feeling what
1: are we talking about his the issue 137. Or just in general throughout the whole series.
2: Whatever, whatever.
1: Uh, for me personally, like <clears throat> by the time the series was done, I liked Terry. Um, you know, I, I think issue one thirty-seven I did not like, um, and I mean we'll get into that, but I thought that that issue was handled. I think it was handled poorly, um, but once that issue was like you know, out there, then I felt like him as a character could actually, you know, move forward. Um, you know, and then I thought, he, you know, he was
0: great. Um, I have always liked Terry. Um, I, Terry was actually a really big factor in Kyle being as important to me as he is. And so, um reading the books, I was kind of, I, I loved them as much as I could. And, um, I definitely see what Jim has to say. It's definitely valid. It's definitely there. Um, but I kind of come at it from a different perspective. And so, um, and we'll, we'll hear more of that, but I, I, I 100% want to see Terry back. i I looked I look out for anything I can find with him in it, but that's surprisingly very small.
2: Yeah, wanting to see Terry in more is kinda where I'm at because I was I didn't really think too much of the beginning of his story until they got into the full on hate crime part of it. And that's when it started to really like hit me like, oh, what are they doing now? And like that, then it became a story that like I got the trade of it when I found a Barnes and Noble. Like I double dipped for this, and like I would start like showing it to my friends because like this isn't your typical superhero story. Like that's before it was this was way before the big kind of kind of media pop culture acceptance of comics. So like whenever you found found like a like a Watchmen or something, you wanted to to put it in people's faces to show you like what comics kind of like really are like and i'm not calling terry's story watchman by any means but at the same time like you you know what i mean and yeah. then it felt like his <clears throat> his story just i maybe i need to reread it again but me it's felt to me like his story just kind of petered off and he went away because it's i i don't know, I, I wasn't ready for it to be over and I guess I wasn't really satisfied with where he left because I kept expecting him to come back you know I thought like there was so much more they could do with him and with like following where he was going I think And
1: it would have made him look like a stronger character if he had come back afterwards
2: mhm mm-hmm. what about you Chad
5: um, oh. For me, I uh, I still haven't read every single issue of the Kyle Rayner but from what I have read, I actually, and, and maybe it's because I haven't read every single issue in chronological order, um, but um, I feel like Terry, along with Kyle's mother, is one of the most important characters and figures in Kyle Rayner as Kyle Rayner, not as Green Lantern. Um, uh, Terry, along with kyle's mother grounds kyle um he, he he's that he's a he's a he's a you know the quintessential when someone says oh you're a good kid you know he first started off like that terry was a was a good kid had a crush on kyle and but outside of that he was a friend to kyle he um he kept kyle motivated when it came to his art and you know other uh, other things he was uh he was kind of a, you know, a person of, of uh, I don't know, uh, trying to, trying to help Kyle with his romantic issues. You know, he, Kyle would go to him with those issues. What do you think about Jen? You know, it was, I believe it was one, during one of those talks when Terry came out to him in the first place. Um, and uh, you know, it's just, I think, and and it's probably you know um, a not well-founded point of view, but. I think part of the reason the Kyle Rayner run kind of drifted off towards the end was that Kyle lost one of his main groundings in his own book, Terry.
4: Hmm.
5: I mean, because think about the people Kyle hangs out with. John Stewart, John's girlfriend, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's oh, really? Yeah, uh, uh, Jade, Alan, Guy, you know, it's, it's a bunch of people, you know, the Justice League... <laughs> The, nobody was really real people, you know, and, you know, uh, you know, just normal individuals who kept the human side of him on earth. And Terry and Kyle's mother were the two biggest ones like that in his life. Because even Kyle's girlfriends, Jay, Donna, Troy, I mean, you know, besides Alex, I mean, there's even his own girlfriends are. Super. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: Now it's interesting to hear, hear everybody, this everybody but me i guess talk about terry more like like really warmly i'll say because like what i wanted to ask was like what do we think of the of terry as a character versus a plot device because like when i look back on him i kind of i kind of see like okay this is a character that was introduced with the end game in mind of telling the hate crime story and like, does that kind of, does that take away from the character of Terry Berg or is that?
0: I think before we get into that, we should discuss what, what actually happens with Terry, like Terry's story. So that okay. way everyone has a, an even keel, like understanding, expression in our minds and the listeners all are on the same page. You know what I mean? That's a great question that I want to have. I've actually been having it for the past two, three years. Nice. So that would be wonderful. Um, but do we want to get into the the, the actual like, Terry coming out bit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, so, basically, what happens through the, the process that sets everything in motion, um, Kyle proposes to Jade... Uh, spoilers and (laughs) I know right people in 2001 they're gonna be so mad um and she says no she turns him down and she's like we're uh we're really not there yet we just came back um and um so Kyle's bringing this up to Terry because as Chad said Terry was kind of that grounding element um and so then Terry starts overreacting um, in a way that is supposed to be out of character, um, eventually calling her a green-skinned freak. And then Kyle sort of goes back with, oh, wow. like what are you doing? She's always been nice to you. Um, then why are you angry with her? Terry's like, I'm angry with her. And then, like, runs off. Um, and then it hits kyle that wait um he had a thing for me maybe and then um a flamboyant man i don't know his name oh no i don't know his name but he brought food and kyle's like what did you do when you came out um and the guy's like i'm i'm not gay like i you see these things that are not typically masculine but i'm not gay i am attracted to it. um and then it takes us back home or to Kyle's place where he's telling Jade, um, Kyle mentioned maybe, uh, he needs a therapist or something. And Jade's like, no, that's oh. very much not what He needs to talk to you. Um, and Kyle doesn't know what to say to him and she says, tell him the truth. And then, um, Kyle goes to Terry's house. They talk it out. Um, uh, Kyle makes sure to. There are a few points that you can tell were very deliberate. Um, Kyle makes sure that Terry has the driver's seat. Um, and um, he does ask him, though, are you gay? Terry um, says he doesn't know. Um, and then Kyle talks about, like, you're discovering yourself. Some people will say it's a sin. I don't think so. Um, you didn't choose to be gay, um, but you can talk. Uh, about it with me um and then it kind of like they they go really buddy buddy and like okay the world is better for having you in it um and then they joke about kyle's butt and uh then kyle says that uh right now there's one person who was brave today and it wasn't me which is which ties up that point that I'll, I'll let Jim get into right now, actually. Get into it, Jim. Okay.
1: Now, <laughs> there were a few few issues that I had with this issue. Um, first off, now, we know Kyle has been seeing Jade for, you know, a while. Well, they broke up for a little while, but, I mean, it, it has not been a secret that Kyle is straight. So, you know, like, him... Wanting to be with a woman shouldn't really come as a shock to somebody, especially somebody who, you know, is working right alongside you. Um, second of all, Terry is 16 years old and Kyle is his boss. So, I mean, like, that's like so highly inappropriate that, you know, it's just like for him to have the reaction that he did and, and overreact so much like that, like was completely unbelievable to me. Um, and then like to almost like to drive home Kyle's ignorance, you know, they first, they have the, uh, you know, the other guy come in who, you know, why does everybody think I'm gay? Um, and then he has the talk with Jen or Jade and, uh, You know, he says all the wrong things there, which I mean, like, this isn't this isn't like the first gay person that Kyle has ever met, you know, which is kind of how they're playing it. Like, you know, he's uh, not for nothing, but he lives in New York City. So this, you know, clearly this is not going to be, you know, the first gay person that he's ever met. Yet that's like they play it up like he has no idea what's going on. He has no idea what to say. So then he ends up going over there and, you know, you know, the stereotypical Bette Midler poster on Terry's, you know, Terry's wall also, um, and he basically gives this, like, this canned speech, like, oh, I, I don't know what to say, tell him the truth, okay, well, at that point, I guess Kyle went online and looked up, like, you know, some after-school special, you know, this is what you say to somebody coming out of the closet, And it's just just this, like, this canned dialogue. And additionally, like, I like Daryl Banks' art a lot, but in this issue, it just, like, it did not work for me. So it's just, like, you have these weird-looking reaction shots. Um, Everything's just kind of, like, not drawn, looking right to begin with. And then you have this canned speech. It's just, like, the whole thing felt so forced where, like, you know, it's... And then the other thing is, like, it's such a big deal. Like, I mean, if you're somebody that's... You know, like, okay, if this came out in, like, the 80s or even the early 90s, like, I think, you know, it would probably resonate more. But this came out in, like, what, 2001, was it?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: This yeah. came out Yeah, 2001. So, I mean, like... You know at that point like I don't know it just it's they make such a point out of it like this is this is the entire point of this issue um, you know as opposed to like the kind of thing where it's like okay you're gay that's fine that's great now let's move on you know and you just like like I said my biggest issue with Terry with Terry was like, this, this issue, it's just, like, it's such a focal point. But once this is out of the way, and you actually get him being a character, you know, doing things that don't completely focus on the fact that, you know, that he's gay, you know, then he becomes, like, a real person.
5: Like Simon Bass. Yeah. I mean, yes. this is this is your exact same reaction to Simon Bass, so.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I I definitely see the value in what you're saying, um, especially with the art. It was a little like if you see when, uh, especially toward the end when Kyle is talking to Terry, the faces Terry is making are scary. Yeah. Um, and his eyes change color and but yeah um and Kyle's nose grows in one issue, or in one panel um but in 2001 there is still a lot of, of there was a still a huge lack of information and even now um i mean I know my experience is colored a little bit, but it's not uncommon to find people who would react the exact same way. Um, I know that, uh, people think that gay is a pit stop on the way to trans, uh, which is very much not the case, you know. Um, but there is still a need for this type of information. And, um, with what Judd Winnick was trying to do, it was, it was the, there were two parts of it. One, he's telling the 16-year-old boy, or the 16-year-old reader, who is not, um, you know, who is who is, has not come out yet, but feels sort of like, okay, I'm stuck in my own head, blah blah blah. Um, that he's he is through Kyle telling the book of this. He's sort of breaking forth, well, not breaking it, but sort of tapping on it, saying like, hey. It's okay. And, you know, there is all this stuff out there, but I'm going to tell you this as the reader, you know, um, it's no longer Kyle talking at that point. Um, also with the with Terry being 16, Terry is 16. And I will tell you 16 year olds have crushes on attractive 20 somethings. Um, it's, that is not going to, especially in the community because, um, when you have so few people around you, even in New York, like if you, if you have so few people and you are in this group that is automatically like brought down, the, the person you see is attractive is going to be, is that much more like saintly, you know? And then marriage is kind of like that overreaction bit that, that got him. Um, but he does calm down. You know what I mean? Like it's an instant, immediate reaction that adolescents are known for um and it's unrealistic to begin with you know with the whole like uh, I wanted to date you or I have a crush on you why does she get to date you you know what I mean like that's really adolescent um so I thought that was actually done right especially considering like a relationship isn't pursued you know Um, Because I will tell you, I convinced myself that several guys were straight were not straight um, when they in fact were. Um, And so coming at it from the person who was looking for this exact thing, it was perfect. Like, it was, it told me things that I needed, you know what I mean? And when you get that, when you are so used to not being that normal person in this thing that, you know, in, in comic books, you know, I mean, North Star existed at the time, um, uh, Obsidian existed, but it's not really that much. And Green Lantern being, as, as, as opposed, you know, you know, Rainer, you know it's, that's something I would have read regardless of heterosexual, bisexual, homosexual. I would have read this book and then had have it telling me that. I don't know. that The impact there is so great that I think it's, it's okay to look past the, the thing that the message itself was strong enough. Yeah,
1: but, I, yeah, I mean, I can understand what you're saying. <laughs> and I mean... I would think the message would have to be strong enough because that's what the entire issue is about. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, like
2: yeah. I mean, I I read this when it came out, and so I
5: uh-huh.
2: I would have been like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I I read this when it was first published,
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> at, I was I would have been I guess like seventeen or eighteen at the time, and I like I remember like I. I got it, you know, I got what they were going for. Like I read this, and I got the message like being gay is fine, you know? I, I I ran into similar stumbling blocks as Jim just for the fact that you know, other than like like a, a very blatant message delivery system, it what it wasn't that good of an issue of a story that I wanted to read. But, like, I, I walked away from it, like, understanding the point that they were trying to get me to understand. So, like, like in that respect, they definitely did their job. But, like, I look at, Mo, like, even as a kid, it stood out to me, like, Kyle's fr- reaction of, like, oh, my God, maybe he needs a therapist. I'm like, what the hell? Why would he say that? Like, like but, like, he said it just to make the point that, like, no, that's the wrong way to think about this. And mm-hmm. I'm glad jade hit him (laughs) but it's i mean it i think it's i think you're right lance it's like it is a good message that they delivered effectively but they did it in a little too
3: on the nose
2: yeah a little too on the nose a little too they dipped a little too close to after school special like jim said to do it i think
0: and that's definitely true. I do not can, I, I don't have an issue with anything of that because it's true that we, I don't know. Um, uh, but also I imagine it's really difficult to put it in to get all this in because, um, because erasure is so prominent, like even today, um, you don't see a lot of people who are in the community. And if you do, they usually, you know, gay or lesbian, you know, you don't see a lot of bisexual people. There's one prominent um, transgender character right now. Um, there are a few others, and like not the the main two that are officially trans. But um, and then you know anything after that doesn't exist. And you know like when you get to movies, it's either really heavily hinted or not at all. You know what I mean? Like so, the fact that they are doing that, it's it's difficult to get. And to do it you know what I mean because there's no way of showing how to do it there's no formula there's no like okay this is what we do like um at like in 2001 there was you know there was no coming out story that was you know okay cool um it was a lot less it was a lot more difficult to write it I think um which I can which I'm also willing to give leeway but it's definitely it does read like an after school special I knew that the first time I read it it's just that was cool, and I was excited because it took an interest in me as a reader, you know, when it didn't have to. Okay,
2: now just just because you mentioned it, what is erasure?
0: Erasure is when there is a lack of appearance of a group, whether it's um, a culturally bleh, a culturally diverse group, or uh, being gay, being lesbian, being trans, being genderqueer, asexual, like the things that you don't see and you don't realize you don't see them, but then that makes it normal that they're not there, which then makes a group of people abnormal because of one trait. Okay. It's it's a tool of oppression. I have a lot of these dictionary adverse things in my head. Here we go. Now, Is it...
1: you say a tool of oppression, but uh-huh. I mean... I would say probably for for a lot of a lot of people, it's not so much a conscious decision.
0: Oh no, it's not. And the thing is, oppression is very, very, uh, especially today in today's world, oppression does not work as much in the overt sense. Oppression is much more subversive. It's much more the um, like there's a there's a group of white people on TV, and you don't really question why they're all white even though um, there's a lot more than white people wherever you are, you know what I mean? And that's, that's sort of what that does. It's not, um, a lot of times people don't think about it because of erasure. You know, it's not deliberate all the time. It is sometimes, um, but not all the time. Uh, but the fact of the matter is it is still there and it still does contribute to the um, sort of lessering of a group. And so that is still, it still has uh, the effect of being oppressive without the intent of being oppressive all the time.
2: So would would the example of, you know, all Marvel and DC heroes originally being created as white males Mm -hmm. because they were created all by white males in the time period that they were in, would that be an example of erasure then? Yeah. Okay.
0: Because even if they weren't trying, it still happened. You know, I mean the fact that John Stewart is the most named person, or the most named black man that you can find. Um, but he's not really in. He's not in the Trinity. The Trinity is all white. You know, the Trinity is mostly male, and really people don't really know about Wonder Woman that well. They'll usually put in the Flash or Green Lantern to complete that in advertising. Like at Target, you don't see Wonder Woman. You see all three men.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, it's you know, funny but, you bring that up. It's, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because I actually just the other day bought a, uh, a set of pens from Target. And it has uh, a Batman pen, a Superman pen, and a Green Lantern pen.
0: Uh, yeah, And it's crazy because it's everywhere. And so, I mean, do you point it out and then make yourself like a big target or do you kind of just like like let it be and then save it for the big thing but then it's still like all the little things are building up you know what I mean Um, so there's a lot of there's a I mean this whole subject um, that we talk that we're talking about is really complicated and we can't touch on all the points today at all Um, but getting the discussion going and and uh, I think yeah the discussion is sort of the biggest part right now and listening
1: now I mean another side of the concept of erasure mm-hmm. um yeah, especially in comic books you know like in uh, in Batgirl number 19 which we were going to discuss anyway uh, there's the coming out of uh, the roommate as transgender yes um now, I mean, again, like, in, in my opinion, this is handled a little, I don't know, odd. Um, and, like, I'm wondering if the reason that it's not, you know, widespread is because not only is it, you know, not like a popular concept because of erasure, but also it's difficult to do well Mm mm-hmm um
0: yeah
1: you know like this like this you know uh, she was just gonna she was gonna do this anyway you know she wanted this she wanted to have more diversity in comics um yeah you know so whether or not it was gonna be good or not or whether or not it was gonna be popular or not it, it didn't really matter um you know, but, I mean, the fact of the matter is, like, you know, if you are going to do something like this and, you know, you think to yourself, okay, well, this is the only way that I can think about it in my head and each time I think about it, it makes for a pretty awful comic, so I'm just not going to do it. You know, like, that—that's that could also be an issue.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, it's definitely a piece. If it's difficult to do well and then people notice and they don't want to read it, that sends a whole bunch of messages, you know, and they can get mixed. Um, and then it's, oh, people don't want to hear about coming out stories when it's really people don't want to read these weird coming out stories. But I will say um, I'm also an RA and it's not uncommon that I have one or two kids a year come out to me. And it does get very after school, especially um, just because there, there's been this continual message to this person that – you're not good enough and then it's like that's one of the biggest points to hit home is you are good enough you know and there's all these things but you know and we're trying to cover all these different topics in this small amount of time and so it does happen that way um, sometimes and so it's not exactly um, far-fetched that it would happen this way mm-hmm. uh, that's something else I would consider
1: I mean but, I guess for, for me personally like, mm-hmm. the, the other aspect is that, like, living on Long Island, mm-hmm. like, you know, and very close to the city, there is a much more, um, I guess, blue state mentality, mm-hmm. um, to, I guess, you know, I guess to put it delicately,
2: you're talking, <laughs> you're talking to two red state people. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I
1: mean, but that's that's what I mean. Like, for us, oh. like, you know, when I was in when I was in school, you know, like there were gay people, and you know, <laughs> you know like well, I mean, like everybody
2: knew. And if, and if Chad found any, he'd shoot at him, right? Jesus. Well,
1: no, because wow. like, no, no, and that's you know, that's not what I'm saying.
0: It's just really because,
1: funny. How? Out. I mean, uh. like, cause, no, because like I know Chad, and you know. Huh? Chad.
0: Keep
3: digging, Jim.
1: Well, no, Chad isn't like how I would suspect, you know, other people to be.
3: Well, well, you got to keep in mind that Lance. Well, I don't know if Sam Marcus has considered this, but Lance and I essentially live in a blue dot in a red state. So. But
0: you should also know that blue does not necessarily mean progressive. And if you're like. Blue because of people who are economically disadvantaged does that doesn't always translate to um, people who are oppressed differently. Right. And I, 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 really
1: I, I don't. I don't mean like you know like all Democrats are you know pro gay and all Republicans are anti gay. I, I, that's well, not what course. I'm getting. At. I, you know I'm, I'm speaking more along the lines of like you know it's general. yeah more progressive in general. Yeah. Um, you know, where, you know, it, it is much more, I would say it's more common and it's more common that you have people that are out.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so since you see it more often, it's less of a like, you know, oh, well that guy's different, you know, let's persecute yeah. him, which I mean, or not that, not to say that, you know, if you're gay on long Island, then you're not going to get persecuted, mm-hmm. but You know, it's just it's
0: definitely a different situation. Yeah. And I've wondered about that too. Like when you're when we were talking about it earlier, I was wondering if how much of what you see is because it does make it it's so common sense once you get past the idea that gay does not mean you're bad. Um but I grew up in Texas where yeah, it's not like even in Houston, we have a lesbian mayor right now. And um I'm originally from Houston. We, um, I grew up, gay was bad. Gay was something that I was lucky if I was tolerated with, you know, it was like, okay, I had to realize that I don't have to justify my orientation any more than I have to justify any other piece of who I am. And it's just, it's sort of like, I have a a tough time believing that that is really like someone's experience that, that they're just kind of like, Oh yeah, that's, That's normal. They, (laughs) this person likes men. This person likes women. This person likes everyone, regardless of gender. You know, Um, it's almost an uphill battle here. But if we're gonna talk about that girl, we should probably talk about what happens in the actual issue.
2: Oh Oh, God! Does it go terribly?
1: (laughs) You know, okay. My this is okay. This is uh. Fat Girl Number Nineteen, mm-hmm. um,
3: from the New Fifty Two.
1: Yeah, New Fifty Two, yes. okay. and like I, I have absolutely no idea what happened, you know, before this issue because, you know, basically I, I heard the news about this issue and I'm like, okay, well, I definitely got to check that out. I also don't think that this was necessarily the best thing to put
2: in, WTF month. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even think about that. Like, I swear to god, like, like Wait, literally... Wait, this wasn't the fold-out, was it? It
0: was. Well,
1: the the transgender character was not the fold-out.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no. Um, that would have been the worst handled page turn reveal ever.
1: Yeah, no, like... But I mean, like, seriously, like... The supposed, what you know, what-the-fuck moment is... You know, something with her brother. um, Which is completely not a WTF moment. I mean, like, it isn't at all. Like, the whole concept is that, you know, there's a transgender character. That's the true what-the-fuck moment. Um, Which I think is... I think it's like... I don't think it had to be done in this issue, basically. But uh, apparently... Barbara Gordon, um, had set up her roommate with her brother, um, accidentally. accidentally. I didn't even know she had a brother until reading this issue. Um, apparently he's a psycho and I guess tried to kill her or something like that. And I believe this is also the same time that, um, Barbara, like let her know that, um, she was Batgirl.
0: No, she is not said that she's Batgirl. She, so she has... told her. She told her about everything, even being shot in the back by Joker, but nothing about Batgirl. She said she did that to keep her safe.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, so she tells her all about the other stuff, but not the Batgirl thing. And then uh, this is something that I've been trying to tell you for a while. It's, I'm transgender, Barbara, and. Barbara Gordon's, like, her reaction is first just the dot, dot, dot. Just, like, staring in disbelief for a second. And then she says, Babs. I goes, Pardon? The people I love call me Babs. You know, and it's like, it's like, yeah. and then, you know, ring, 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 up, I gotta go. And meanwhile, you know, the other you know, character is crying her eyes out. I don't even know what her name is um, Alicia. Alicia. Now, this is where. This is where it gets weird. And this is where I say, like, if you're not going to... Like, if you're going to do it, you really have to do it well. Because this character, Alicia, is drawn, like, straight up 100% looking exactly like any other female character up until the point where she tells Barbara that she's transgender. And, like, the, the, the biggest panel after that that you see... She looks like a man trying to look like a woman.
0: She's a lot more masculine.
1: Yes. Yeah, like, the the switch, like, from from one point to the next is, like, is so visible.
4: You
1: know, it's like, like, it's so obviously visible after the fact. Mm -hmm. It's like they're, you know, they're basically saying, it's like, okay, well, there's no way that you would have known beforehand like she, you know, uh, Gail Simone might have, you know, come up with this. She could have, like, literally have come up with this midway through this issue, for all we know. The way that they've always drawn this character. Mm.
2: So this was this was above and beyond a uh, a uh, well. Now that I know, I can see it kind of situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like now that
0: you know, we'll let you see it. Okay. Yeah, like her. She gets. She has um, jowls almost around her lips, uh, like that's sketched in now, and then her hair is noticeably shorter.
4: Yeah.
0: Huh. And yeah. I don't know about, her nose seems to be about the same, but it something about it, like, I definitely see what you're meaning about the art, um, and that was, that was a little upsetting to me, but I don't know how much, what's his name, Daniel Simpita had with that yeah like I don't know what Dan what was going through Daniel's mind right there but I know for a fact well I can't say I know that but um, I doubt Gail Simone would have been like hey can you draw this person more masculine now that they know you know yeah, yeah uh, no, I don't know
2: and it also could be an issue of um because when I was going through art school in my script writing class a point they they hit us over the head with over and over and over again is if there's going to be a twist at the end of your story you need to tell everyone involved with the making of this comic what that twist is right up front because otherwise there you're there if you leave it you leave the R so their own devices they're probably going to to just do some incidental thing in the artwork that's going to screw up your twist. So it's entirely possible that this guy didn't realize what this character was going to be until the reveal even happened.
3: Like uh, Greg Capullo drawing that one guy in Batman mm-hmm. to look like Bruce's brother.
2: Yeah.
3: Well. Oh, you mean the mayor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was like a. It was like a big. It was like a a, a big a big quote unquote reveal but you know uh, Scott Snyder told Greg Capullo at the very beginning draw him looking like looking a lot like Bruce because they're going to be brothers at the end
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I will say the context of this issue this is her first issue back after being fired from DC for two issues um, oh yeah that <laughs> yeah she had been let go by email so I imagine job security was kind of an issue, and she put it in as soon as she could. Because this is her first issue back, and it's the second page that she's back at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty sure she was like, okay, it's more. Because um, we talk about erasure for, for gay, lesbian, and bisexual people. There are next to no trans people anywhere. You know, um, I think there's, like, even in mainstream media, there's uh, Mrs. Hudson in elementary. um, And then I'm sure there's a few more, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. But that's, you know what I mean? Like, that's saying something. So I think it was more important to her to get this down and get it in so that way it is, you know, canon that that this woman is, is... a trans woman, and she is representing a group of people who aren't otherwise represented in DC Comics.
2: Now, I have two questions. First, did this character live through the issue? Because we're talking about, like, Barbara's serial killer brother and all this stuff. Is, yeah. is this character still alive? Yes. Yes. Okay, okay good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> second, I, I feel that's a box we need to check, all right? <laughs> Secondly, all right, now, that's... This kind of leads my mind over to to Demon Knights with the character. I what was it? Shining 10? Knight. Shining Knight. Now, <laughs> this. I don't know. This this, this I feel like this cut. Ah, kind of, oh, this is such not a streamlined topic, but it's like <laughs> with this character, it's, they've. Uh, what, I can't th- figure out how I want to phrase this. Like, how? Like, how? All right. If how about this? If we're if we're gonna introduce, we if if DC or Marvel, whoever is going to introduce a new a new transgender or like a character like this. Like, would you rather see something happen where it's an entirely new addition to their universe, or would you rather see see a brand new character introduced because back in back before the new fifty two when Grant Morrison was writing seven soldiers he introduced a version of Sir Justin that you know spoilers was a woman disguised as a man because you know she came from a time where nobody would accept a strong woman protecting them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: and we get this more like a more literal interpretation of that concept in the New Fifty Two with, this, with uh, the Demon Knights version. Like, is that kind of thing like, like, is that any better or worse than just introducing a brand new character to like do it with a retcon?
0: I think it's I think it's different, but I think they're both really good ideas. Because people like people remembered Sir Justin. You know what I mean? That was. That's why I picked up Demon Knights is because someone I followed on Tumblr knew who this person was. And so I was like, okay, I'll I'll pick it up. And then sure enough, issue three, people are saying you have got Exoristos, the, the Amazon saying, you know, that woman does no credit to our sex. And Sir Justin's there like our and then side eyes the fuck out of this woman. And, um, and then, and then x goes, and she's not the only one, Sir Easton. Um, like, this person identifies as male at this point in this book. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, or this, uh, I guess he was identifying as a woman only, only taking on masculine roles because the society wouldn't let them. Um, I think that's cool, especially cause we've got like the permission to, from the reboot. Um, so that can be tweaked and it was tweaked respectfully. Paul Cornell's really cool about that. Um, he, he made sure that people that we saw people, um, sort of disregarding this person's identity, even though he repeatedly says, I am male. And eventually reveals that um, he is intersex because he has both male and female biological parts. Um, and so, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? I'm trailing. So. Oh yeah, it does. It does. Okay. Um, but in the same respect, adding Alicia to Barbara Gordon's universe, like this is a new character who was from the beginning supposed to be a trans character, you know what I mean, like Gail Simone was saying from her blog, like, I'm so excited about this trans character I'm eventually going to bring out, um, so the fact that this person was, that, that says something to a person who has never seen someone who looks like a piece of them, you know, like, oh, that was awesome, you know, there's good in both ways, is what I'm trying to say, and I will...
1: what you go, with? the one, the one thing that I have to say as far as, um, I think I would definitely be more pro to a new character as opposed to retconning an old character because, like, you also then come up against the concept that, okay, well, here's an old character, you know, and, you know, regardless of the concept of, it's like, well, this person was always like this, you know, and now you're going to have to get used to them being like this. No, that's not the issue. The issue is, You know, like, say all of a sudden it turns out that Tom Kalamaku is actually, you know, he identifies as a male, but he's always been a woman, you know, biologically. You know, like, like that's the kind of thing where you're trying to tell me that in all the years that Hal knew him, like, it's never come up before. And, and Hal never had an inkling or anything like that. It's like like that's that's disrespectful to you know the the, 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 the character's character.
0: Mm-hmm. You know
1: that he would never have, have been able to pick that up before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You
4: know what uh, I'm
0: saying? I do. Yeah and uh, the thing is that's what you come in with any kind of retconning not just for something like this. And I think that someone like, like having Tom come out as trans male is going to do more of a service um, by saying like, now we have to deal with this than someone saying like, um, how is possessed by a fear entity? Because really, I didn't get scared when I read Emerald Twilight, I got angry. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. there are... There are things I don't know. Um, that's more talking about retconning than about um, retconning for the purpose. Does that make sense? Am I, or am I way off?
1: Um, I, I don't, I don't know. Cause
0: <laughs> is, is it really like, okay, imagine Tom was a trans man who passed. Uh, for all this time and didn't really want to talk about it trans people don't need to talk about being trans you know i mean that's something that you can you disclose when you're ready to do so and so even if like all this stuff all this stuff you know then having him say look i was scared because people get killed for this stuff you know people car i didn't want someone to carve my given name into my arm so that I would always see it. You know what I mean? Like, there is some pretty intense stuff that happens to people like that. So there is more than enough reason to keep to keep this person, quote, closeted until whatever point they're, they're identified. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think okay. that actually does good because it's trying to hit at a group of people that haven't been seen.
1: Okay. Wow. I, I see what you're saying.
0: Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm.
1: The reason that I would have an issue with it is because, like, well, for one thing, Tom knows that Hal is Green Lantern, and mm-hmm. and Hal knows that Tom knows, so mm-hmm. Tom Tom knows Hal's greatest secret, mm-hmm. um, and he knows what Hal does. Hal fights for, you know, the people <laughs> that can't fight for themselves. He. You know, not so much in the beginning ones when he
2: uses his he, he just like, went to parades. He and went stuff. to
1: parades and carnivals <laughs> and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, like, you know, here's a character who's all about, you know, fighting for the people that can't fight for themselves. And, you know.
0: Has he ever she, fought for a trans character? He's never
1: had
2: to. Well, he's fights for the blue skins and the yellow skins. Uh, Well, well, the
1: other (laughs) thing is, you know, like, you know, you have somebody who, like, Hal absolutely 100% has honor. He has, you know, he's honest, and he's without fear. He's without Mm -hmm. fear. So he's not going to be afraid, you Mm -hmm. know, of somebody coming out to him. Now, I mean, you have all of these things, and Tom is like his most trusted friend. And for, for one, for, for Tom to, to not feel like he could trust Hal in all the time that they've known each other does a disservice to the two of them. But also like the fact that Hal, like, you know, somebody, how many times like have you known somebody who, it has not been explicitly, explicitly stated that that person is gay, but you know. You know that person well enough where it's like, oh, yeah, well, that person most likely they're gay. And when they come and tell me, you know, OK, that's that's just it. You know, mm-hmm. OK, fine. Move on. But, you know, like for how to have never picked up on, you know, the fact that Tom is biologically a woman, I think would just be really weird.
0: I, knew, I do know what you're saying, um, and it would be weird to, to not realize it, but um, I don't see that as being enough to counter changing Tom, you know what I mean, like, to not even changing but adding to it, you know, regardless of what it is, it's more, I think, about are you doing this, like, tokenism, you know, are you making this person just there for, you know, sort of diversity's sake and not really like checking a box and that's it? Or are you going to do something with it? I think that's really where that, that is much more important than, you know, how did he not know? You know what I mean? Because a writer's going to
3: figure something out. You know what I mean? Well, that's, uh, that's, that's another question that I had on the same side of the coin is, um, the whole change for the sake of change aspect oh of it. Oh my god. No, I, no, I, it's, it's <laughs> shut up, shut, shut up, man. <laughs> Holy crap. Listen, uh, Chad, we all know
2: that change for the sake of change, just to change things that have changed to change, shouldn't change what's changed, because change for the sake of change is just change.
3: Yeah.
2: But go on.
3: Isn't, and, and because I, I'm, I'm not... Other than the, you know, ally aspect, I'm not really part of the community or anything. So I want to, does, is, is, is the whole changing an existing character for the sake of having a gay or a transgender or, you know, fill in the blank here, does, does that, is that a win in the category of awareness or does it do more to hurt, hurt awareness than raise it? You You know what I'm trying to say? I do, and yeah, you're talking about tokenism. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's, tokenism is, is. okay, here's the thing, though, tokenism with the trans character, at least you know there's someone there, you know what I mean? So it has a good thing, but it's still tokenism. You know, you're still saying, you are sort of, you're either nothing more than this one piece of you, and we're not really going to use that, you know, think bunker with Teen Titans, always in the back. And then uh, I touched on this in the Christmas episode. We don't see his boyfriend until issue, like, 17, apparently. I stopped reading by then. But he's in a coma, you know? Oh. So, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> We don't get yeah. to see this exploration of a character's piece that makes him, that's part of what makes him unique. You know what I mean? Like, that's a disservice. That is bad. You know, this 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 uh what happened with Alan and Sam in uh, Earth Two is really frustrating and I want it to end. You um, guys
2: wonder why I asked if Barbara's roommate was still alive. God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, fridging, yes.
2: So um, it it can literally become like a um a uh you know a situation where it's like, well it's it's bad publicity but it's still publicity kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, but that like, being said, there is—it is not excusable to say, "Oh, well, look, at least we have someone." You know, if you're just checking a box, that's still reducing a person's entire identity to one piece of who they are, and that's not okay. That's taking out everything else that makes that character a character. So
4: overall,
1: hmm. so, okay, so for the—for example, with with Alan Scott, you know. Might as well, you know, head over in that direction now. With Alan Scott, you know, forever a straight character, they relaunched the fifty two and now he's gay and his love dies on a train like three issues into the series. Yeah. Um now I mean for one thing, yeah, okay, it's this high visibility thing for publicity's sake. Um they haven't really touched on it at all with the character since the origin,
3: and well, Alan's in mourning. Well,
0: they have actually in the most recent issue. Um, he's got Kendra, or not Kendra? What, what's her name? Shira or something? she Shira. Yeah, Shire. looking for like tracking in China. What happened and why, like... And she's going through, and apparently he was connected to Apaca Rats for some reason. And um we're going to see more of that. But um as it stands, Sam was created and killed to give... To give Alan a story. You know? Like, that yeah, is but, fridging.
1: Yeah, okay, so that's fridging. But then <laughs> also by changing a character you know that was straight to a gay character just Mm -hmm. for and it was you know he literally said okay well we're taking away obsidian this is what James robinson was quoted we're taking away obsidian so you know we should have a you know another gay character in his place
0: so why not his dad yeah
1: exactly like you know that would be wouldn't that be tokenism
0: yes (laughs) so Um... that's that's tokenism Well, well, okay, it's meant to keep, okay, it was meant to keep the numbers in, and that alone is not enough. You know what I mean? Like, um, saying, okay, well, we're losing visibility, so we need to make sure we have visibility, so we're going to keep, we're going to turn this character who was heterosexual into, he's gay now. So, uh, we're going to do that, and we're going to explore stories, um, but with him as being the gay character instead of this character being gay, because this character no longer exists. That's fine. That's great. You're keeping up. You're keeping everything together, and you are going to do something with it. Um, there is so much. I just I'm really upset with James Robinson about Earth Two in general. He's a terrible writer. Um, recently, <laughs> burns. So, um, but the way it was handled with him, it was a lot more checking off a box. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, um, when you have something
1: like that, you know, hmm. when it, where it's checking off the bots, now, and say, and take, for instance, if Gail Simone, you know, if, uh, if she wasn't as well-known as she is as being, you know, um, uh, we'll say an ally in the hmm.
0: LGBTQ,
1: you know. Um, IA. You know, the double A, The
0: community. A.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, right, the community. Um, You know, if she was just somebody that says, you know what, we need a transgender character, you know, and I'm going to throw one in, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be tokenism, but, you know, like, in the way that the Terry story, Terry coming out, um, is something for a 16-year-old, you know, who has yet to come out. Mm. You know, like, what I'm getting at is... If you have, you know, tokenism which mm. is clearly going to be a turn off to somebody who, you know, isn't going to get something out of that, mm. is that like I mean like that's going to damage the character and the character's, you know, appeal whereas that character, you know, it he may like him being there and just existing may um serve as a positive for somebody who's looking for a role model like that i i mean like where where's the balance as far as you know the damage done versus the possible benefits when it comes to tokenism
0: uh i think that's up that (laughs) like there's no set answer for that you know what i mean that's one of this where it's not easy um the fact like if you if if Alicia were tokenism, um, you know, what we would have to do is assume, like, buy issue, like, see what's going on, and then, okay, it's five issues in, and we haven't seen anything, and she's not doing anything, and, you know, there's no sort of intent to use her. Okay, well, she was kind of just just there. Um, and she had no character development prior. You know, like Cyborg. Cyborg is, is there just to just to say, Hey, we have a black guy. So now we're better. And then they don't use him. You know, they don't really show him. He's, um, least used on the panels. He's, you know, his, his, it's kind of one note when he is used. Um, he's their tele- teleporter. Um, that hurts a person more. You know, it's case by case and it's reader by reader. Um, because, you know, even if I had, you know, if I was 15 and not as, you know, critical as I am uh, now, like, not as well versed in, in everything I know, and seeing, like, Alan Scott is there and he was gay and he occasionally talks about his dead boyfriend, that's awesome. You know what mm-hmm. I mean?
2: No, like, I want, it. this might be, like, oversimplifying it, but, like, I think a big part of this is how well the writer at this time is capable of tackling the subject matter too, because like a big sticking point for us about all these stories has been how they chose to present it. And a, and a lot of, I won't say most cause I don't really follow television and movies that much, but like for at least for comics, the mainstream side of it is still kind of new at, at portraying this kind of stuff. So like, like that's why we get like the super awkward, you know, the coming out stories for Terry and the, the oddly handled, uh, Batgirl issue. Like, like you, they're like mainstream writers aren't really like, they're still filling out how to broach this subject matter in a way that their editors and mainstream audiences will be cool with. Okay. And I feel like like once we get like a few more years down the line, writers in general will be better at doing this. So maybe we won't have like the same problems but I mean, and
0: if like... you go to Bat Bat Woman though, um, and how she came out in Elegy, mm. uh, it was it was a complete <laughs> take, because um, she was at West Point, and she there were rumors going around that she was a lesbian, and um, and her superior officer was like, look, I don't want to know, blah blah blah, don't ask, don't tell, right? And she was like, nope. I am who I am and I'm proudly bearing this because it's a piece of me. And that's how she came out. And that was, it was so, you know what I mean? There was nothing sort of awkward about it. There are people who are doing it now, is what I'm saying. Like,
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but that, that goes to the point, like, Greg Rucca is oh, is great yeah. at this. Like, Like, one of the other, like, most notable lesbian characters in the DC universe was is I don't know if she's alive. Renee Montoya
4: mm-hmm. who
2: like again in a Greg Rucka book she yeah. was outed. I think it was it, it was Gotham Central. She was outed by her coworkers, I think, and that led to this whole storyline with like like part of Two-Face's psyche wanted her, but the other couldn't rationalize they couldn't have her because of what she was and this led to this whole big thing and it's and like like Greg Rucka knows how to to broach the subject matter like a lot more skillfully than I'm gonna say almost any mainstream DC or Marvel writer does right now.
3: Well, before yeah. before before we move too far away, Dan, you said something I thought was interesting about in a couple more years, writers will be able to handle this type of situation better. I think I think. Uh, James Robinson writing Alan Scott as gay is, is a good example of that. Um, yeah, in his introduction, you're combining tokenism with fridging, but at the same time, wouldn't Alan getting over Sam's death so quickly and moving on do a disservice uh, to to the feelings that he supposedly had for Sam? So like, yeah. when 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 is that? point to have Alan resolve his feelings and then move on and then show Alan in another homosexual relationship versus, you know, like the other, the other end of that coin, like finding that (coughs) fine line isn't there yet. Maybe Robinson had or has plans. I mean, I know he's leaving Earth too, but maybe he had plans for having Alan move on, but it just took some processing, you know, who, who knows, but there's just, I guess there's not very many writers have found that sweet spot yet. And well, yeah, like, wanna go... like the, the, <laughs> just, just to touch on that really quick, um,
1: <laughs> they were engaged. I mean, like the fact of the matter is they were engaged and, you know, and the guy that he's engaged to is, you know, brutally killed. I yeah. mean, like, reasonably, it would be a really long time before he would be able to, like, move past that and start to, like, you know, look again.
2: Um, So, I mean, like,
1: they they very well could have been setting that up to make him, like, the was it gay but celibate trope? (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
2: Jim has Wikipedia open right now. Well, I do, but for something else. (laughs) Like, Like, I hate the fact I hate the fact that they... I'm sorry, Lance, I keep talking over you. <laughs> I hate the fact that they introduced Alan's boyfriend and then immediately blew him up. Yes, but he- at the same time, I love the fact that in this world, the entire reason Green Lantern even has a ring is because he needed something to focus his power. And the only thing he could even think to choose was the ring the engagement ring that would have been on Sam's finger so he's the most powerful person in the world is getting his power through the symbol of his love for his his lost boyfriend and like there's I, I like I can't say that makes up for losing Sam or justifies losing Sam but it makes it's
4: cool it
2: Yeah, it makes his love for Sam, like, a real tangible part of his character going forward. Like, as long as he's Green Lantern, he's going to have, like, this big blazing emblem of his love for Sam right there front and center. Yeah.
0: Um, And the thing is, with with Fridging, like, um, I remember your interview with Daryl Banks, and he was like, we were just trying to make her the Uncle Ben, um, and... It's true, like that. I mean, it has its own effect. You know, it, it, Alex was supposed to be Uncle Ben, uh, yeah. but Uncle Ben's a plot device. That's why he doesn't get brought back. He doesn't have. He's not a character. You know, he's not someone people are asking to see back. People, you know, their occasional appearances, just like Alex. You know, Blackest Night or when Kyle's on Mogo. Um, but we don't know who she is. We don't know what's important to her. We don't know what she likes, aside from the bits that we saw, like she was a photographer. You know very service level things um imagine how much more powerful that would have been if we had seen their relationship before he was killed if we didn't have to wait until there was a sweet spot before alan could explore his sexuality you know like if he was in this committed relationship and you know they had they were engaged you know, and he's like, and, and I could see James Robinson putting this in there, as bad writing as it is, um, being like, you know, I love this man so much, and so I'm gonna put my ring as the source of, you know, the conduit through it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the only option that he had, and, uh, while it was cool, it could have been done better, and we could be seeing, uh, but then again, we're gonna see more of Sam soon, I think, um because he's tied to Apocalypse, somehow. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's also difficult to tell when you have a bad writer the difference between their bad writing and an actual, like, a, a trope, because, you know. Uh, but yeah, that's my own, that's my, my soapbox for that one, for
3: Alan. So should we get into the uh Terry uh Gabe Ashing storyline? Oh, I
0: wanted to talk about a coming out that was in on Marvel's side actually. While we're talking about people who can do it sort of better, this is still very um, after school special style, but it's a lot more real. Um the, what I'm talking about is um, both Julie Power and um, Stryker I don't know his, his full name but um, Stryker comes out as gay to Julie who's been sort of gossiped about as being bisexual um, and they both talk about sort of the frustrations of being of being sort of closeted or being out and really knowing what they can do um I just I think is it okay that we talked about this right now?
2: Yeah, it's fine. Sure. Okay. And these and these are two kids from Avengers Academy, by the way.
0: Yes, this is Avengers Academy and um the backstory is uh X twenty three has been brought in and um we are introduced to the scene by Reptile, who is another person with the ability to transform into um anything reptilian. He turns into a prehistoric bug to spy on them um, because future striker said that this was an important moment to him. And so, um, striker has this persona of being sort of extremely masculine, of, of, being, of hitting on girls as much as possible, um, and uh, basically he wants to talk to Julie about what someone said about her playing for the other team. And she's saying, she's not going to, uh, like, she's not going to talk about her love life with him. She's not going to kiss a girl while he watches. Um, and he's, then he's like, I think I'm gay. Um, and they go into it, you know, it gets a little after school, especially. Um, but she's talking about these things that, that you don't see a lot of, even in uh, until you get to like research level with, with what um, people who are bisexual have to deal with. Um, like the fact that um, everyone, even in the community um, bisexual people are sort of, they face their own stigma. Um, people tell them that they're either not all the way out. Um, and that that is sort of a pit stop on the highway to homo. Um, or that, um, she has to pick a side or that, uh, she's being greedy. Um, and she says that she wants to, uh, she wants to like people for people, not their gender. And she doesn't want it to be a political statement. Um, and, uh, Stryker counters with, oh, you know, you live here, everything's a political statement, but what you're describing is a B in LGBT." Um, and, uh, they kind of go on more and more and Stryker talks about how, um, he was, uh, he was molested as a child and that he was scared that, um, that was why he was gay. Um, and then Julie says, you know, no, that's not the case. Um, he was an adult. You were a kid. Um, that was unequivocally horribly wrong um, and she hugs him and he gets a cry um, and then uh, they sort of uh, they uh, talk about how he's even been with girls um, and he's like yeah but I was trying to prove that I was a man like it ta- it touches on different subjects it's a conversation between the two and they're going through an obstacle course. So it's still visually something's happening, but a lot of them are the two characters talking with a blue background. Um, in the end, it ends up with like, I can uh, like, I'll be there for you and I'll help you be a proud bisexual. And you know, then she makes a joke about not being anything sexual because of how her personal life is going. Um, but Julie power is an example of, what uh we were talking about as far as uh people who are retconned as bisexual you know the power pack kids were in the 60s um they sure as hell were not any kind of any diverse they were four white kids uh, two boys two girls blonde hair blue eyes you know they got their powers from a space horse and did their things um
2: good old space horses <laughs>
0: yeah it's funny this was actually the first uh uh, the Power Pack Kids were the first book that I was read, like, comic book that I was read in my daycare. So I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is, like, it was still that, but it touched on things that are not really... that, that need to be talked about but aren't. You know what I mean? And maybe the uh, sort of air that they're discussing it in um, was more... Safe for people who don't know that experience. You know what I mean? Like, okay, this is really not threatening even though this is threatening information. Versus if he were yelling at the guy who sense? Mm. Make- no maybe.
2: No, it does. It does. Okay. Just thinking about because I remember I they I read this series on and off and I actually forgot I read this issue until you started describing that scene huh. and I remember like at the time was like I was very back and forth on it because I get I I ran into the again I ran into the stumbling b- block of of it. this is a little too after school this is so after school preachy mm-hmm. but I don't want to I can't penalize it for this but on the other hand they're they're seemingly randomly making a character gay. Is that just for attention, or is that for a story reason? Well, he's he's got good reasons for it. But then, okay, they brought in this other character that they're retconning is gay too. I don't know when. I don't know when the Julie Power thing started. But then she's I'm I like, okay,
0: she's not gay.
2: Okay, all right. Well, yeah. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but yeah.
0: I'm just gonna say that just in case, like, I want to make sure that uh, if that happens, then I can take it here, and it's more of a safe space. So yeah. that way, um, you're more empowered with the information, and it's more comfortable for you when you do, because I know people who will throw it out, throw out, just if you if you if you misidentify someone. <laughs> uh, so I was just I'm just trying to be nice. to promise. Okay. Well, thank you.
2: And I remember I did have, like, the passing thought of, like, oh, they ch- they changed the sexuality of the girl with the rainbow powers. I see. <laughs> so it's, like, and and that wasn't me, like, trying to poke fun at it. That was just, like, a, oh, really Marvel kind of moment. But it's, I'm, like, yeah. I don't know. it's Like, hearing you describe it gave me a completely different reaction than reading it did. I don't know if it was just, like, my mindset at the time or whatever, but, like. I walked away from it completely differently than I did from the uh, the Terry Berg issue when I was 18, you know? Yeah. yeah. I,
0: know. I really want to hear what, what one of y'all has to say about writing a coming out story.
1: Well, you know that we haven't
0: actually written any.
3: I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I just... Dan's, Dan's writing one, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. no, under the pen name Lance vocalman Yes.
0: Um, I thought it was uh, dog
3: eat. I thought it was dog eat dog by Lance vocalman That is.
0: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right,
4: I
2: have to, I'll be. Right back. Um, I almost wonder like. I mean yeah we need we established like it's good to to <clears throat> really get it out there blatantly to like to spread awareness and send a message and all that is it i mean i mean the ultimate goal i as far as I'm concerned is we need to get to a point as in as a society where all of this is just normal and you don't need to like put like a big point to like show people how normal it is so it should just be like one of those things you know. So like what about what about writing a gay or transgender character or couple just without like overtly calling attention to it for the sake of making a point. Like when like I read the first trade of Young Avengers, which sports two gay characters, two men, two I don't know how old they are, two teenagers. And it wasn't until like the last page of that trade that I even had any inkling those two were gay characters, and it was just because like somebody made like a, a crack about how how one of them needs to change their code name because the the press will have a field day with puns and euphemisms once they find out about you two, and then I was like, hey, what? And I look back and I'm like, oh, it's like
0: when it catches up with you
2: yeah like like does do you feel that does a disservice because it's not trying to like show people okay these are two gay role model characters or is it a benefit because it's showing that you can have characters who are gay without making it a plot point
0: um i think you have to consider what happens next um which they became icons um, my boyfriend and I cosplayed as Wiccan and Hulkling at a recent convention and people recognized us and I mean the, the mainstream person may not recognize Wiccan and Hulkling but the fact that people do that says something um, and you may not have been able to to, to realize whether or not but they were <laughs> uh, people were calling it out pretty quickly um, if I hadn't known I was You know, oh, it was a pleasure working with you. Oh, was it really? Um, You know, like, it's, that was not, um, it wasn't done, what's the word, not derisively. Um, It wasn't done to, like, like trick you. You know, it's not like a gotcha, are they, aren't they? Um, Like they did with, you know, Billy's mom. Um, So I think it's good because it shows that you cannot identify a person by their, uh, just by how they act. You can't say this person is, or isn't something, you know? Mm. Um, we, uh, actually what, uh, another organization I was in this year, uh, did, we had a guess who's gay panel and we had a, a group of people. We had about 12 people, um, go up and you could ask them any question you wanted that does not didn't uh, have to do with anything like that or like didn't have their sexual orientation. You didn't ask them about like, uh,
5: things like that, but you
0: could ask, you know, do you prefer a date who's taller or shorter than you? And nobody ever gets everyone on the panel. You know, there are some people who, you know, you're like, Oh, I can tell. And you may be right, but you don't get everyone. Um, and it's, it's talking to that exact point of um, if that's what you're coming at it with, which is what um, Alan Heinberg was doing, then it's, it's definitely for diversifying your view of what is, you know, what actually is gay, what actually is trans, you know, like up until Alicia came out, you couldn't tell she was the trans woman. So would you be against like a
2: uh, cuz I I haven't read past this first trade of Young Avengers. So I don't know I don't know how they deal with it immediately after, but like what like how would you feel about like a, a coming out story that was treated sort of I guess sort of the opposite of a Terry Berg where it's you know you're you're with these characters for a little while mm-hmm. and then it just it just you know I don't even know how you would show it, but the reader is showed in no uncertain terms. Oh, they are they are a couple, yeah. but it's not treated like a like a like this big moment. It's just like like a random like part of everyday life kind of thing, and you just move on from there without making a big deal out of it. Like, is that
0: totally cool? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, yeah, I think that's that's cool. I may be missing something, but um, yeah, you're you're making it the thing is the reader is not anymore questioning whether or not they're together. The reader at that point knows, okay, you two are together. You two are a couple and it's going to be treated in a non sort of whatever environment. And if they touch on it occasionally, that's good. You know what I mean? But if you sort of just see them hold hands at one time, um, then that raises a few red flags. Um, but otherwise like if they're if they're continually shown as a couple even if it's not made into a big deal like not a plot point they're just sort of together that's totally cool you know, that's two characters in a relationship
2: like i remember reading a like in some random issue of of batwoman where <laughs> you know kate kane is out on a date with someone who i don't remember who it is and it's just two women having like a nice night out and it's, you know, you know, they're out on a date, but mm-hmm. it never actually matters that, it, Hey, it's two women out on a date. You know, it's just, you it's, it's
0: Yes. Yeah, it's, it's treated normal. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what it is because it is normal, you know? Yeah. Um, and so at that point, yes. And of course there's very little that I don't like about that one. So I'm going to be like, yes, anyway. But yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a pretty good idea. I like it. I think it's awesome. But I also need to couple that with, I don't speak for, like, my voice is not the only voice for the thing. You know, there's not some, uh, there's no way that everything I'm saying speaks for every gay person out there, especially not every community person no, out there. So. It, it does. i just want to say that because it is it is a common misconception that people think you know i can talk to this one gay person or i can hear what this one gay person has to say maybe on a podcast and uh okay well that that person's experience is universal because it's definitely not you know that's when you're treading into single story territory and that's that's very dangerous for uh discounting people's experiences
2: Oh, you yeah, know, you're not you're not you're not speaking for anybody. You're just providing a valuable insight that the rest of us don't really have. You you're like...
1: give us a good baseline.
2: Okay. Well, thank yeah, you. Mean,
1: like I think that's that's the value that you know what you're providing is a baseline for a viewpoint that we I mean we can't have essentially.
0: I mean, you can if you make me a co-host. Ch- Chad, <laughs> well, no, get no. out of here.
1: I mean, like we personally, because we're not <laughs> okay. like we don't we don't live the life that you live. Like even as an ally,
4: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like we have never felt, you know, we've never had to go through what you have had to go through, yeah. or what a transgender has had to go through,
0: a person who is transgender. But yeah, the and the the thing is with Young Avengers is they do go on to make it. It's a very normal thing. They talk about Teddy being Billy's boyfriend um, and how like you shouldn't mess with him, but just in the way that you would someone's like someone's girlfriend if if Billy were heterosexual. Um, like you're addressing. Okay, well you know blah 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 but these characters get their own stories in addition to that you know teddy is the son of you know marvell and the daughter of i forget who but a squirrel princess you know like he's got he gets an in-depth thing um where he talks about you know you explore what happened with you know sports and what happens um like what are this person's interests and what are um Everything you know. Yeah, yeah. I, and so personally, I love that. I think it's amazing. Um,
2: would you would you call it a direct contrast to the North Star Kyle relationship over yeah. x
0: Men? The North Star Kyle. Re- oh, I okay. I don't have the um, I don't have the context to it, but I have the issues of the. Sorry, you said Kyle and I went to Green Lantern. Oh, get no, no. <laughs> I was like, like what? I, haven't, I haven't written that chapter yet. <laughs> of dog eat dog. <laughs> um. Okay. The. Um. Okay. So what happened there that you're talking about?
2: Oh, you're asking. Okay. Well. Yeah. The, basically, I didn't read any of the issues leading up to this, okay. but everything I'm, from everything I've been told and been able to find out through mm-hmm. like different podcasts and internet research is that these two characters were not together for very long. And then in issue 50 of Astonishing X-Men, yeah. uh, Nor- I think it's North Star that proposes to Guile and then um, yes sorry go ahead yeah and then immediately after in issue 51 they have their big marriage and yeah. you know and that got lots of press because i i think it's the first first superhero mainstream comics PA wedding um and you know i i Again, I I love seeing that they were able to do that in like a high profile, you know, Marvel title, but it the the abruptness of it and the fact that kind of kind of seemed to fade away from the forefront of everybody's minds is it it made it feel like it was done for shock value and publicity. Mm-hmm. In at, at, like at the expense of like the long term like development of their characters and their relationship, and yeah. like I say that as somebody who has not been reading astonishing X Men, but I like I follow along with a few podcasts that are exclusively about the X Men, and I can't tell you the last time the Star and Kyle relationship has even come up.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, And that's Very rushed um, Was it Kyle thought that um, Northstar was breaking up with him And he goes And then he's like no I'm trying to marry you Which was weird in itself uh, And then Sort of I don't know you get Warbird Being the dissenter Who's like I don't think this is right And then just sort of leaves off um, and then they get married, and then there's something that happens. Like, it's very, I don't know. It doesn't really seem like it mattered, you know? Um, Oh, that's what happens. Wolverine <laughs> explodes at the end, and then it oh. really isn't touched on again. I, I started reading it after that, um, and ended up dropping it because it was $4 a month. It wasn't getting me what I was sort of what I felt like I was promised. Um, Mm. So yeah, that's, that's, I would say yes, that is very much in contrast to Young Avengers. Um,
2: Yeah, yeah, called it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Interesting fact, though, that, um, you remember the, uh, this happened the same month That Alan Scott was, yes, Um, and people were talking sort of about how um, one company knew the other one was doing this, and that they were um, that they were sort of competing and trying to get blah blah blah, and it was sort of all oh you're pandering to the gays, and it just didn't it like reading the interviews you you knew why both were happening. Well, not so much the X-Men one, but you know, Alan Scott was made, it was done independently of of Marvel, anything Marvel. You know? Um, who was it that said, you know, like, the Obsidian, like, that's why. It's because we were losing Obsidian, who wasn't explored anyway, a lot of times. What? Someone said something.
1: Oh, no, I mean, yeah, like, the... The Green Lantern thing, that was definitely explained. Like, that was planned. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: Um, The X-Men thing, the fact that it was so abrupt, you know, that does make me think that it was like, okay, well, they're doing this, so we need to do this for publicity.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, Which which is weird because the X-Men is, like, the perfect venue to tackle issues like this because their whole thing, since very close to day one, has been using... Using "quote unquote" normal people's reactions to mutants as an allegory for reactions to everything from racism to gay rights to whatever you want to fill in the blank with. Yeah. I think I think the legacy virus was even supposed to be an al- uh, an analog for the AIDS breakout or the the breakout's not the word,
0: you know, yeah, epidemic. That's. Yeah. Um, I. Thought I mean yes I see that it's just it's also issue 50 that the proposal happens um, and people like to do things to celebrate 50th issues and so I kind of just chalked it up to that but I could definitely see it being Marvel like saw blah 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 um, but still that that was sort of the people weren't outraged because gay people were being uh, marginalized. You know what I mean? They were outraged because both companies are putting attention on this one group at the same time. No. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't out of uh, beneficence towards, or benevolence towards a group of people who was being, you know, they weren't upset about tokenism the way that I would have been upset about tokenism. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I could definitely see – I see that as a possibility. The optimist in me, like the St. Walker, is saying, please, like, no. (laughs) They did it to celebrate issue 50 Um, (laughs) slash 51.
1: I mean, the fact that it actually happened in 51, I think –
0: The proposal happened in 50. Yeah. And then the wedding – yeah, and then the wedding happened in 51.
1: Which in and of itself is kind of odd that you would, you know, do it that
0: quick. Yeah. It is. And I see the reason, but I'm trying not to, because I want to feel good. But yes, (laughs) okay, I understand. No, yes, and we need to address oppression as it exists. So yes, that is a possible, that is a likely thing, that Marvel saw it and then competed.
1: I mean, like, you know, I think a better way to do it, I, I mean, and like it would have it would would have resonated a lot more, I think, is that if you did draw it out and you know, like every once in a while you touch on him and, you know, planning the wedding and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know the the normal relationship stuff that happens when you're planning a wedding. Yeah. You know, like all that stuff, you know, just got completely bypassed. You know, then that's that stuff that, you know, you can tell and, you know, it's not like, it's not, it's not a pandering thing. It's not a tokenism thing. You know, it's just, it's natural stuff that does happen. Yeah. Uh, they just, you know, they toss that out the window in favor of, you know, it's like, oh, let's get this out in time.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Okay.
2: I mean, I, I mean, it was cool, the fact that, like, like I, I saw a clip online of, like, there was a segment of, was like the view or something where like oprah was holding up a copy of astonishing x-men and like everybody on like what i assume is like this highly popular still tv daytime tv show (laughs) is like
3: oprah on the view i don't know (laughs) sorry go ahead
2: are they different things i'm learning a lot today
0: (laughs) Oprah Maybe. had... She now has her own channel. She doesn't just have a show. and is The uh, View her
3: channel? No. <laughs> no, The View is not on... No, she's no. not on The View.
0: Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, Chad.
3: Aside from that, I don't know
0: anything about... I don't watch a lot of TV either, so I feel your pain of not really knowing. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, there was... There was a moment though where someone in mainstream media gave this attention, and there was a reaction that you were talking about. What was that reaction, Dan?
2: I, uh, I don't remember. Oh,
0: <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> drowned Sorry, <in> sh-
2: <laughs> it's drowned in it's in shame.
3: <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> well, oh, did very... we ever go over the beating? No, 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 no that's, that's exactly what I was about to bring up. I mean, it's a pretty prevalent story. We should probably give it a do before we have to wrap up the episode. Yeah,
2: Chad, you yeah. haven't talked in 45 minutes. Take us. Tell, tell us about what happened there.
3: Well, and uh, I think I, I should preface, preface this by saying what had happened in just a few issues before this whole storyline started. Because it kind of uh, inadvertently makes the story a little more poignant. Uh, not that it really needed it in the first place. Place. But uh, an issue, well, starting with like the last page of issue 153 and going into 154 and 155 of the, uh, of the uh, Green Lantern series as written by Judd Winnick um, with Kyle Rayner, um, what had happened in the main story uh, was Kyle gained the powers of Ion uh, a, a few issues earlier than, than, than this storyline Uh, basically became a god gave up the powers to bring back the guardians and restart the central power battery and then just started going about in his day-to-day life, you know, again, kind of rediscovering himself. Uh, And then um, 153 happens. Kyle goes to a um, a high school reunion and, uh, you know, is hanging out with Jen uh, and Jade and uh, his mom. And then Jen gets a call from John saying you know something we don't know what but you know kyle starts crying something happened to terry and um 154 opens with uh, um uh, terry's boyfriend and uh, i can't remember his name off the top of my head um but uh terry's boyfriend kind of recapping the story about how um terry and him went to a club and, and uh they were just you know kind of happy and jovial and in the moment And, you know, uh, he he kissed Terry and somebody oversaw and then they started chasing him and uh, Terry and his boyfriend split up. So I guess at the time and in the moment they thought it would give him a better chance. And by the time his boyfriend found Terry, Terry was all beaten to a pulp, basically. Um, And and we're talking collapsed lung, you know, eyeball uh, in in danger of being removed, um, several broken bones, that kind of a thing. And we're talking severe. Um, Kyle, Kyle loses it uh, and uh, overhears that one of the boys who did this to Terry is in custody. Goes to I think it's what Rikers uh, and interrogates this dude in and you know throws him up a wall, scares him half to death. You know basically goes Batman times ten on his ass uh, and then finds the other two boys and beats the shit out of them uh and uh uh the specter gets involved later on kyle has a, a moment of of uh, facing himself and uh you know his his own notions and everything and uh at the end of it all kyle leaves um leaves earth uh with jade uh and uh, leaves John in charge as, you know, the Green Lantern of Earth. Um, the reason I bring up uh, him becoming Ion before all of this is because, as if the story wasn't pointed enough, it really kind of, in, at least in my mind, and maybe in some other individuals, it kind of um, highlights the, the situation where just a few issues earlier, kyle was essentially a god and even if he had been faced with this problem when he had had those powers there still would have been nothing he could have done you know what i mean it really highlights the helplessness that that kyle is feeling and 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 everything it just kind of makes kyle feel responsible and and uh, i don't know just it, it kind of makes the story a little more poignant to me and maybe I'm wrong in that, but that's that's just how I read it. So So that's 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 the essential recap of, of the story itself.
0: And Jim, were you saying something about it being uh, What was the word? Oh. Uh, like it was big. Like Got shock them? and awe. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um which the reason that I like this two-parter more than I like the the coming out, I mean, it's not really comparable, but in this, it's, it's not really so much about the beating, but it's about a superhero who basically, you know, something happens to somebody, you know, very close to him, and he pretty much just goes off the deep end and actually goes out for sort of revenge, but more justice with a side of revenge.
3: Yeah. Taking, taking it out on somebody. Oh God. He became
0: Batman, which Batman then says, you know, um, when Kyle's in the justice league, I love it. It's one of my favorite things, especially now. First time I read this, um, I was very, very new to comics. And so I didn't really know all the personalities as well, but, um, when he's on the satellite and he's talking to Batman, he's like, "You do this all the time, you know." Um, and he's like, "Yeah, but that's me, isn't it?" And Kyle's just like, "Damn it, you know." Just kind of like the the next panel, he's is he's like, "Well, fuck you," and then he walks off like, "Shit, hey, I'm not really being me anymore."
3: Uh, Kyle, Kyle even asked uh, what Wally, right, to use the cosmic treadmill and turn back time to make this not happen.
1: Yeah, that was a little stupid. Yeah. yeah uh, at the
2: same time, readers would have thought it anyway, so I kind of liked that they called it out.
0: Yeah. Um. And then there was a nice tie in with Bruce being like, you know, we all wish we had a day, but we do what we can, like, moving forward. Because, um, a lot of times, um, when you're counseling people, people in crisis, people who've done stuff like who are who are going through something, um, one of the biggest things is you've got to remember to stay in the present. If we stay in the past, if we think the what ifs, if we do the yes buts, it, we're not going to get anywhere. You know, it's you have to you have to do what you can now, um, and that's sort of you know blah blah. And I think it's did I did either did any of y'all get that like maybe hal had something to do with terry's recovery
2: i didn't think so at the time Mm -hmm. but now that you say it maybe um
0: hmm. i just wonder because hal's the person who was like who you know had this big talk with him hal is you know super powerful um you know, expands on his life and everything he's done and then he's the one who knows what's happening with Carrie and is like, you have good news. And then they're like, it's a miracle! He's back! Everything, like, somehow worked out. You know. Yeah.
1: Actually, that's a really good point because, I mean, as the Spectre, you know, tied into Justice and whatnot, <laughs> he probably would be able to do something.
2: Yeah. Um, that's what I like about this story, like because you're using Kyle Rayner, he's the he's the everyman character of the Green Lanterns and of the DC universe, really. And when this happens to somebody who he cares about, he's not reacting to it like a superhero should. He's reacting to it like a person who happens to have power. You know, he he takes what he has, and some would say abuses it. To try and get justice and revenge for what happened to him. And doesn't know what to do to the point that he just can't be around people anymore. Yeah.
1: Um, the way that they, they treated Terry's father. You know like when you're when you first see him in that second part. It's like immediately it's like you know whoa whoa. It's like really you know, his father is this much of an asshole. But I mean, like he just, he crumpled so fast that it was just like, okay, well clearly, you know, like this, this man is just like a complete mess right now because of what happened to his son. Yeah. Um, what'd you call and, I, and like Chad said, you know, I, I, I really like the, you know, the reflection on, you know, the fact that he was Ion. on, you know, just, just a couple of issues ago, and he would have been able to fix this.
3: What do you... what, uh, Lance, what do you think about um, the uh, opening the story with Terry's boyfriend recapping the story the way that he did? Saying, like, I know we shouldn't have been doing this in public, but, um, like, over and over and over again.
0: It speaks to the message that people get a lot of times, like... Um, even now you know I'm in college when Michael and I walk down the street it's a risk whether or not if we're holding hands like is someone going to shout outside of their car and do something to us you know what I mean and we're in a college town in a in, in a pretty I don't want to say progressive but I mean yeah pretty progressive for Texas you know area yeah. uh, but it's still dangerous for us to hold hands like we know you know what I mean, and so there is that second guessing, there is that self blame and that survivor's guilt that he was he was very much showing. I think the fact that he that it's told through his experience makes it more real and makes it easier to connect with for a person who has not experienced that fear. because it was like and and every single thing it's done so well. Like the 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 panel where Terry is has his phone out, he is, he's trying not to bring attention to himself, even though he's already the target. You know what I mean? Like, he's subtle, he's got it, like, in his hand, facing away from him, like, dialing, um, because he's trying to, like, it's 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 that much of, okay, this is dangerous, I'm scared, it's done so well. Um, and then the fact that it is told through... Um, this, through this person's, like, it's first person told. Um, it makes it easier for people to connect with. It makes it easier to see, okay, this is not, this has not been my experience, but when someone's telling me this, I, it then makes more sense than if we were to see it sort of narrated by, like, Kyle or someone else. You know what I mean? Like a doctor saying that, or recapping for, like, a panel or two. This is someone telling their story. I really like that because I've never been bashed. I've had the fear, but I have never been like physically assaulted because I'm gay. And I'm, you know, I'm very fortunate about that. Um, But it's, I mean, it's still a fear. Um, And this definitely brings it out. Like every time I read this story, I'm like, this used to this happened, you know, every day there was a governor in Mississippi who was lynched because he was black and gay. And he was he wasn't the governor, he was a gubernatorial candidate, but you know, this stuff happens and it happens on that level. You know what I mean? Like it sort of it brings reality to people who are not gay by having a gay person tell it.
2: Uh, I should have looked this up before but wasn't, didn't Judd Winnick write this story because this did happen to a friend of his?
0: Mm-hmm. When he was on so, The Real World? Yeah. Yeah, he he met someone who was gay and gave his experience, and Judd created Terry um, for this, so that this story could be told. Yeah,
2: um, and it, it really showed, because... The one thing that really stood out to me the first time I read it was the... I believe it had to be the second issue where it opened in Terry's hospital room. And there's just, like, the inner monologue running down, like, the details of all of his injuries and, like, the procedures keeping him breathing. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it really... Like, even if you didn't know going in, like, okay, this happened to... Either to the writer or to someone close to the writer, like, it... He really... He does a good job of, like, just hitting home, like, how terrible it is beyond the initial, like, the fact of the attack. Mm -hmm. Like, here is the consequence. It's not just, like, oh, somebody gets hit and runs off. It's, like, here's some some very real consequences in your face.
0: Also, I love how it talks, or how it speaks to that, I wish I could do something for this person who's been hurt because regardless of what's happened, when you know someone who's been seriously hurt and you can't do anything, there's this feeling of helplessness, um, that Kyle conveyed so well with going to the justice league and with everything, like just trying to do something. Um, it's, it really, I was very glad to see it cause it didn't have to happen. Um, but it was just—it was just one more piece that made it real. Like this was a very, this was thought out, this was planned. Um, it's three-dimensional, you know. I would not say Terry was bridged, you know. I've—I've I've, I've debated with myself about that before, as he was created to do this. But it was done to show this story. It was done to give this character an experience, um, and so that the—so that people knew about an issue that was bigger than the book was awesome
1: the only thing about this two-part that it's not really take issue with it although i do think it is worth mentioning is just that you know when terry and his boyfriend you know are attacked like kind of like just in this deserted area of the city there's nobody else around and it's just the two of them Just kind of distracted with each other Now I mean You know not to say that And you know never to say that the the victim um, Is to blame But you know I mean like not even the fact that They're a gay couple You know That's you know kissing in public Just the fact that like Terry's like 16 you know maybe he's 17 at this point and they just came out Out of a club at night And they're just kind of like you know wandering around uh you know the deserted part of the city yeah i mean that's just not that's just not smart
0: um i definitely see what you mean but um you cannot have gay bashing without bashers you know what i mean so before like yes while there's a safety thing there that you know okay why are you there um this is, it even talks about it when Kyle's talking to the detective who's trying to figure out, like, what he did. Like, is he, like, you know, they said he was hitting on, him, on them. You know, was he, and it's like, it does not matter. They did that to him.
1: Right. You know? And, like I said, like, I would never blame the victim. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, um, it's the kind of thing where if, if I'm going to take somebody to the city, You know, Mm -hmm. be it a girl, a guy, anybody. You know, like, we're not going to go to the seedy areas. When I was, you know, when I was going into the city before I was 18, you know, which, you know, wasn't a lot, but I would go occasionally with some friends. You know, like, we would travel in either large groups or, you know, you just go down very well-traveled paths. Um, Mm You know, it's just, it's a... It's just a safety issue in terms of everybody. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and granted, they could have still, you know, gotten bashed. You know, whether or not they go down like this, you know, a populated street, and they get, you know, dragged down a deserted alleyway, like that's, you know, that's something else. You know, but at least you're making, you know, a smart decision rather than, you know, okay, well, let's just wander
5: around, kind of thing. Yeah,
2: I think I think if you set this in a more populated area and and you have to get to the same result, but it's in a more populated area and people don't rush up to help them, then that makes... It opens up this story to be something bigger than I think they were prepared for the story to be. And At that point it's not just oh my god, what happened to Terry? We have to find the people that did this. It becomes... Oh my god, what happened to Terry? We have to find the people that did this, and why did all of these other people not lift a finger to help him? Which, you know, is a story that I think deserves to be told, but again, when you're at this stage of things and you have, you have, frankly, you have so much on your plate to try and get across in this mainstream superhero comic to an audience that's not really expecting or used to it then that you might want to scale it back a little bit and limit like the number of people that are actually involved in the story because like even if it's just using like a more dense population as a set piece it's still it's it's walking really close to an edge i think
0: I think there's also the possibility that, you know, it was just in a, in a shitty part of town, like um, clubs, like especially gay clubs are not always in the best part of town because it's the only place you can get to like put it up. You know what I mean? So it could have been like, I definitely, I don't know. they might, they might not have thought about that as much, you know, or they might have just been like, you know, bug it. We're gonna put them down this alleyway because alleyways are iconic and and we're gonna make this a comic book the way comic books do. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Let's let's not discount the fact that teenagers do stupid things. That's yeah. no who they are.
0: Just a year ago he was expecting Kyle to be in a relationship. With him. <laughs> uh, he was about And a superhero that apparently he knew.
2: God, could you imagine if they just kept going? They kept just kept adding layers to it like Terry w- was in love with Kyle and hated Jade cuz she's green. Like this is awesome.
0: And then he becomes a Red Lantern.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and that ring is the only thing keeping him alive after his beating. Oh my god.
0: Oh. oh. This is perfect. <laughs> Doggy what? dog the sequel.
2: <sighs> but, I'm writing the quadrilogy. <laughs> have we
1: have we have we touched on, on all the the popu- the the not the popular, the the majority of aspects?
0: Yeah. yeah. I think the only one I would want to talk about would be dead lesbians. Oh uh, right.
2: Oh yeah. is god. That, is that a category or is that like a specific instance?
0: That's a it's a, that's a trope it's its own thing okay
2: um,
0: and basically it says once you have um, a couple of uh, women who are sexually realized like they have sex and you, you know it um, one or both of them is killed hmm. and um, my like, I was introduced to this by a friend who watches Buffy and uh, it happened with Willow and Tara Tara was killed right after, um, right after they, like, got back together and had sex, I think, is what she said. Um, but yeah, my thing, though, with comics is, um, the, uh, is Watchmen, actually, with, uh, a Silhouette, and it says, um, Alan Moore is actually really, really not very, uh, Progressive, when it comes to women, he falls into all the little misogynist tropes. It's kind of sad because he's such a good writer. But um, what he says is um, this is the uh, chapter three of Under the Hood on the last page. He says, um, after that, uh, things deteriorated. In 1946, the papers revealed that Silhouette was living with another woman in a lesbian relationship. Um, this Shexnader, uh, persuaded us to expel her from the group. And six weeks later, she was murdered along with her lover by one of her former enemies. Um, and the thing is like that happens. Um, and it's funny because I was talking to one of my old residents today and I was explaining to him like what was happening and everything with, uh, the tropes. And I was like, you know, you've got gay and celibate and then you've got this, um, Uh, dead lesbians um he's like man that sucks (laughs) because it means that they can't be like normal people and i was like that's exactly what it is (laughs) it was such it was such a beautiful moment of like you are amazing thank you for making that and saying that because it's so affirming when people like you know there's this moment when you're talking to someone and, and they're just like yes That's that's dead lesbians. In a nutshell, it stops women from having sex with each other.
2: Um, I've I've never looked for that before. I've never noticed it before. Now I'm gonna have to start looking.
1: <laughs> you, well, what you call it? So Green Lantern ninety three uh, with the Kyle series, um, and this one was written by Ron Mars. This one, um, when we were discussing this, you know, prior to rereading. Um, You had mentioned that, you know, based on the premise, it might be. Um, But then, you know, I actually reread it and I think this definitely does not fit into that because in this one, first off, it's she is a lesbian, but she's a friend of a lesbian couple. Um, Lesbian couple, you know, they make it out alive. No problem at the end. Um, And the whole premise with this is that... You have this uh, this psycho, um, basically like a serial killer, who blames all lesbians for his wife leaving him um, and seducing her away from him. So she wants he wants to kill them all, so that way there's no one left to seduce his wife away.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh, what do you call it? And so he he ends up murdering the the friend of. Kyle's lesbian uh, couple that live in the same building as him. <laughs> um, and then uh, Dead Man comes into this issue after Kyle gets knocked out. Dead Man possesses Kyle's body and goes after this guy. Um, ultimately, what ends up happening is this guy drops his knife and uh, Dead Man possesses the dead girl's body. Um, prevents him from getting away and uh kind of like grabs his leg he slips and falls and he falls onto his own knife that he had left on the ground sticking up um so i mean like there's there's a lot there's actually a lot going on in this issue in terms of symbolism like the fact that the psycho guy like literally wears a devil mask um and also the fact that he falls on his own knife so he basically is dying by his own hand and the other thing is the the woman that dies she's dressed up in a halloween costume the co- costume that she's dressed up in is green lantern so basically you know she's it's almost as if she's a fan of green lantern you know like this is an issue where they kind of, they make you sympathetic, you know, to this person because of the fact that she also is a fan of Green Lantern.
0: Hmm. Um, Yeah. I just, the only reason I said it might be is because I haven't read it. it, So, um, but I mean, if they're not having sex or if they're not being like sexually realized, then I don't think, I don't think it could be that Um, I did entertain the idea of it being fridging because um, she's sort of created to die Uh, but I don't know nearly enough to say something like that and I'm not comfortable saying yeah that's definitely like this um, just because I don't I don't know enough you know what I
2: mean I just want to throw in there Jim and you're add to your list of symbolism this guy who, you know, he was basically a serial killer out to kill lesbians the way he dies like a, like a knife is a very like it can be a, a very phallic weapon just because of like the shape of it and like it's, you use it in a thrusting motion and he basically, he's a guy that falls on it and it just like penetrates through him, so it's kind of Kind of a kind of an ironic death, I guess.
1: Definitely. <laughs>
2: um,
1: but yeah, I mean, like this this was done by Mars. And, you know, this is an issue that you know there are lesbians that are in it, but you know, it's like They know, live. It's,
0: huh? They live. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, but aside from the fact that they live, it's just like you know,
1: it's a part of the story, but not the sole reason that these characters exist. Hmm. Um. Which I thought was nice. You know.
2: Okay. Well, there's there's even a, a moment in here where one of the what like one of the two other lesbians like the, the lesbian couple I think it is. Yeah, that was, they're all in Halloween costumes. Like so I keep forgetting who's who. <laughs> but um, uh, there's a moment where she's about to get stabbed to death, and Kyle's there, and he, you know, he's trying to defuse the situation, but he's failing, and it's actually like Jade steps in and disarms this guy. So it's yeah. like, it's like they, it's it's so weird because like this is Ron Mars and Daryl Banks. This is the creative team that essentially invented the fridging concept and we get this, <laughs> we get this issue where it's littered with, with female empowerment, with potential victims living lesbians going on with their lives. Uh, it's, 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 it's like, it's Not like, like a, lives. It's, it's like, a, like a few, it's like years later, they made like this direct, like, like opposite reaction to alex's death almost
0: <laughs> yeah hmm. I'm, I'm a little curious about that too because he doesn't really put a lot of i uh, don't like i remember with this one then this is sidetracking but i remember this one where uh uh kyle had the justice league coming in and helping him i think against Parallax. and um wonder woman was just not there but it was all the justice league um, hmm.
4: yeah
0: yeah like I'm very surprised that Mars was this like woman awesome, and I'm definitely interested in reading the issue, so I will be checking that out. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely.
1: pretty
0: cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, so now I think we've covered all the uh, all the important stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for now, anyway.
2: Yeah. Oh, before we go though.
1: Oh God,
2: here we go. No, no, listen, this'll be worth it, mostly. <laughs> Cause Lance had mentioned, you know, if we could think up of any like story ideas that would be cool to see within the Green Lantern universe, like explore some of these concepts and whatever. And I came up with largely garbage. But a couple of these <laughs> <laughs> Like a couple of it's like like centered it it's like the, the easy thing to go with is you know, most of the Green Lantern core is made of aliens from all over the universe. Like, by all, right, you could have absolutely every kind of gender and sexuality you could imagine. You could make up new ones right now, and they're probably in the core somewhere. Yeah. And so, like, it's, a, it's you could go with the easy, like, okay, an alien, hum, uh, alien human, an alien lantern has to live on Earth for six months for some reason and human society doesn't really gel with that lifestyle that kind of it it, it would become kind of like a like an x-men kind of thing only with an alien i'm like you know what that's too that's a little too general (laughs) then i thought about the star sapphires right yes any exploration whatsoever of gender equality within the star sapphires like that's the whole question of like all right, why aren't there any men in there? Are there any men in there? Is it just like other species have different definitions than we do? Like what what about that? What about like even even if they stick to more human definitions of stuff? At least a story where they they at least have the discussion internal like the internal politics of why they do or don't induct a man and what happens if a ring accidentally does, you know? That kind of thing. Or Or hell, Jon Stewart is apparently starting up a relationship with Fatality. She isn't human. Absolutely everything about her sexuality and all that goes with it and all senses of normalcy are completely up for grabs. Like, anything... You can make up new facts of her biology if you really wanted to. It's not like we've ever checked before.
0: (laughs) They have had sex before. Have they? I think I missed that. Um... He was still paralyzed, um, and she was in jail, and he, I forget why, this was during, I think, Judd Winnick, um, but he, like, yeah, he, they did the nasty.
2: Oh, alright. I remember her, I remember him visiting her in jail, I just didn't remember. I don't think that they actually
0: had sex. I remember him being really, like, shamed about it, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But I didn't leave thinking that they had, that they were unfamiliar with how each other looked without both.
3: Hmm. <laughs> well, they have had sex now. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> on Mogo. S- Spoiler,
0: God.
2: Wait, wait, wait. If they had sex on Mogo, is that a three-way?
3: <laughs> yes,
0: and she goes, Mogo can see us, and he says, I don't care.
2: I <laughs> it's care. like whatever. I'll kill him tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, (laughs) you shut your mouth
2: (laughs) god Um, like one thing I thought of, like I like this one the best I have two more I swear to god and then it's over (laughs) but like okay so Hal classically has like this crazy big family he's got like brothers and cousins all over the stupid place so maybe we I don't know develop Hal's relationship with his family a little bit and like eventually what his like cousin or whatever they're talking and now his cousin comes out to him and everything is going literally perfectly because Hal is cool with all of it and then he makes some stupid mistake like he make, he makes some like his cousin can be like look I'm I'm really glad you're taking this so well I was really nervous or whatever and Hal can say something like like look don't worry about it like I see so much weird stuff out in space with all those aliens and then that can like just like <laughs> that can do exactly what you think it'll do and then like you have this whole like ongoing thing where like hal is trying to like he's trying to patch things up but like green lantern stuff keeps getting in the way and like all his cousin sees are examples of hal fighting against things that are different uh <laughs> it, could, it could be amazing
1: How now Mogo
0: <laughs> identifies
1: as both male and female. Yep. So what uh what does that classify as?
0: I mean that could that's that's mogo's identity. Oh uh, my
2: god. Mogo uh. got fridged by John. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Dead Mogos <laughs> Uh Actually with John Stewart, this sh- there should really just be a dead planet's trope.
2: My fi- my final story idea was Guy Gardner gets zapped by something and turns into a woman for 10 issues. Oh, just cuz that would be just because it would be funny if it was Guy Gardner
3: cuz you we need to cut that O oh, that Lance just said and soundbited in various things. It wasn't just what? a regular, it wasn't just an O, oh, it was an O.
0: Oh. <laughs> I'm going to become my own trope. Um, yeah, I love those. I love those ideas a lot. Uh, I would also just, I don't know, like to see an Earth Lantern, who like maybe not even green, who is somewhere in the community. I think that'd be cool. Um, especially if they find more acceptance in space than they do in wherever they grew up. Um, I think that'd be cool. Or if they find like, they're like, Oh, I was expecting this huge thing. And then like everything, everyone was pretty cool. And then in space, they're like, what the fuck? (laughs) What's wrong with you? Um, I think a big thing, though, I want... I think that there's been something going on with, like, why have the Star Sapphires not explored anything other than heterosexual love? Because they are the love core, you know what I mean? Um, and I could see... I was actually thinking Fatality and bleeds. Um I could have seen something there um, had it been written better. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, it, yeah. especially especially what, uh, during that time where Carol Ferris was supposed to be in charge of the whole thing like she's the only human in that whole organization and she can't possibly have all of the same values and definitions as this completely alien group yeah uh, like it would have been great to at least see her try and like even if they didn't like spell out anything just have her like like she's struggling to wrap her mind around what all of this means
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been beautiful ah, you think of such good
3: stories uh... Kill, kill and sinestro it? but
1: with with the star sapphire core with the star <laughs> sapphire core the oh. god, oh, god. <laughs> oh. there's a lot that we haven't seen with the star sapphire core <laughs> So, they very well could be a transgender
0: person. Yeah. That would be cool. That'd be really cool. So, I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a sh- there is, like, it's it's not even of, like... It's, it's whether or not the spotlight is on this character at this point, because they're aliens. Um this stuff has to be happening within the confines or within the, the boundaries of what we know about the core. This has to be happening. It's just, we have not seen it. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I think probably because it's written by, uh, mostly heterosexual white men, you know? Um, but I'm really interested in what is going on with, uh, Carol from the new Rider. Did any of y'all read the new one? Not yet. Not yet. Are we not going to talk about that yet? yet okay well then um it's very interesting i'm i i i like the potential area they're going and uh yeah that mostly the writers are not very pointing at that stuff which is weird because Doctor who does it and they do it so well yeah uh, same thing like
1: huh oh no nah, just since we gotta wrap up Go um No, the only thing that I was thinking about, because I was thinking about it today, and you kind of touched on it for a second, but I was thinking to myself, like, yeah, you know, it's like, we have, there's so much diversity, you know, with, with the Green Lanterns. You know, it is odd that we don't have, you know, a Green Lantern that, you know, is gay or anything like that. Completely forgetting about the fact that they switched Alan Scott so I mean like obviously they did not do a good job with Alan Scott yeah so I mean you know like you know if if you're gonna have somebody like you know actually use them and utilize them and you know not have it be in some like you know alternate universe book it's just I don't know actually do we know if Baz is definitely straight or not
0: we don't know we don't know I don't think it's
2: really come up. That hasn't come up. That could be cool. Yeah, let's throw another layer on there.
1: They would probably get death threats for that, though.
2: Yeah, people will react nicely. You'll be fine. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, I also like the idea of Kyle and Guy after having read it. Yeah, yeah. Also, I read this one issue of I don't even remember what, but Kyle was saying goodbye to the Justice League, and John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, was caressing his face as he was saying goodbye, and I was like, "Whoa!" Listen,
2: John can be whatever you want him to be.
0: <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> hey, cowboy.
2: Was that the same issue Guy Moon them?
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. It was. Uh... So- it was um
2: Green Lantern Corps Recharge issue yeah. one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you had so in the same scene you had John.
3: Where John says he needs to shave. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Guy has no pants on. Batman wants to shave him. Kyle's getting <laughs> caressed by Jean <laughs> Yeah. And then and then him and Guy go move in together. <laughs>
0: hey, you want to go be quote roommates? It'll be on Oa. It's totally cool.
3: But Slack totally saw through it. That's why he was laughing. And yes. we, and, and we have 24-hour access to liquor. <laughs> Your girlfriend's a far. God. Yeah. Oh, God, you know
2: there was even that whole period of time where they outlawed relationships between members of the core. Like that would have been like a great time. Like we even saw like certain lanterns quit because they were married. Like they like they could have explored that. They could have explored a whole number of things in that time, but we got sidetracked by whatever it was. Like, this was right after the Sinestro War or something. I don't even know.
3: Sidetracked <laughs> by Blackest Night.
2: Crib. Yeah, a little shit like that. Crib. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Stealing babies.
1: <laughs> Tasty babies. Stealing the babies.
3: Hollywood hey. superstar Shire LaBeouf.
2: Nice. <laughs> Jim, okay, that's it. We're done, guys. Jim, if I babysit your baby, I'm going to dress like crib.
1: As long as you don't dress like Shia LaBeouf.
2: Listen, I will put a little hamper on my back, and like your baby can ride around in it.
1: He actually he likes hanging out in the uh, the hamper. Nice. <laughs> You've like already a, trained it's him. It's like a little boat. A little <laughs> boat in there.
4: He's like a cat. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: I mean, now he tries to get out.
2: <laughs> Don't worry, back. you turn that over, you put a brick on top, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, um, if you want to contact us, you can do well, first, so. first, 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 first. Oh, first. what? Shut up. Lance, Lance. Yes. If, If anybody listening would, like, heard something that they never heard of before here tonight, and they would like to just find out more about this kind of thing. Like, Is there is there a good centralized place online they can go to look up information about all of this or is it just like sit down with Google and see what happens?
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of places, I don't know. Uh, fuck, I really wish I had this information. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I hesitantly say Tumblr.
2: Oh God! Oh, God.
3: People get pretty crazy on Tumblr. That's um,
2: Google.com, everybody. <laughs> um,
0: I mean, if you if you're if you hear something, Google it, and odds are you'll find something. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, you can also. I mean, find me on Facebook. i I'll, I'll answer any questions. I love talking about this stuff. Um, Lance, Lance's home phone number is.
2: <laughs> I, I is what, I don't know, nine. nine. Uh, is it is just, just not, nine. You hold down nine for seven seconds. And just...
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, but I'm on. I, I pretty regularly talk on the lantern cat. But my name is uh, Lance Aguilar, L-A-N-C-E-A-G-U-I-L-A-R, and you can ask me questions. I'm happy to talk about it. Or Google has a lot of stuff. Um has yeah. stuff. That's the best yeah. advertisement for Google. You know, Google has a lot of stuff. You heard
2: it here, folks, from Lance Lance <laughs>
0: Sponsor.
3: Okay.
1: Okay, I was going to end on that, but... Okay.
3: Well, you still didn't do the closing.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to end oh. on asking Lance about blah, blah, blah.
3: Really?
2: I don't think you were. Uh,
1: no, whatever lanterncast at gmail.com if you want to email us our website is lanterncast.com uh, if you go there we have links to our forum our facebook page probably our twitter um, other stuff we're on stitcher we're on itunes uh, leave us a review subscribe to us look at all of our back episodes those are also on the website website has them categorized somewhat and, uh, voicemail. if you want to leave a voicemail, oh yeah, please, leave us a voicemail. Actually, have we even received any voicemails in a while?
2: I checked yesterday, there wasn't.
1: Okay, so it's not just that I'm not playing, it's just that we don't have any.
2: Yeah, this time.
1: This time. 708, Lantern. And we'll totally play it. In about a year. Someday. Huzzah. Hey, you know what? As long as it's under two years, I'm happy.
0: It's it'll be right when Jim gives everyone their toys. It, like I said, under two years, and I'm happy. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> Andre's got some comics coming, some point within two years.
0: You know, my address has changed like three times since that happened. <laughs> that's,
1: that's fine. Hey, you know, I actually I sent it to the first one. <laughs> <laughs> two. I can... totally, totally sent it
0: out already. It's yeah. It's funny because they didn't tell me anything. Cause I mean, I still know that haul.
2: Maybe it was uh, the second one. It might have been the second. One. Oh. I don't know. No, they they kept it and put it on eBay. That's oh, okay. They were
3: like, actually, no. yeah. yeah. They actually they returned it and I sent it back to them so they decided. Good they night, everybody.
0: It. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're retconning this, Jim.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh well, you know, it has more impact that way.
3: Yes.
1: (laughs) Good night everyone.
3: Good Good night. Oh
2: man. You just end on a guitar riff?
0: Yes, that's what it happens.